the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour, Cofield and Company. See Cofield. Ryan McKinnell's in hosting. He's a uh, company member for life. I know. NWO. That's, you see, yeah, you yeah. got it. I just, I did <laughs> well, I was, I was, get, I was getting, I was L. getting yelled at by uh, Caleb Herring on Friday about remembering uh, NWO and seeing TikTok, the uh, algorithm work, great. all those old wrestling bits my way. Ari's here as well. Uh, <laughs> We got a good hour on the way. We're going to talk to Willie Ramirez, get us ready for the Aces game, which is coming up here on ESPN Las Vegas. Six thirty with the pregame, seven with the tip. So, I'm trying to think, we we met up last week to uh, to break some bread. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So we met up in the area of uh, Harmon by UNLV and Hopper House and all that, right? Virgin. That, that general area, yes. And both of us were like, my God. Getting here, oh, yeah, you're coming from uh, Hendo. I was coming yeah. from a little bit north, and the roads there are crapshoot every day. You just, you never know because F1 has taken over, and F1's got the <laughs> like the most aggressive road project we've ever seen. Um, and I've mentioned in a billion conversations here on the air, like I feel like it should light a fire under yeah. all the other road projects because they're going to get it done in like three well, months, see, and then now they just had it see. on. They're like, oh wait, hold on, we redid this giant portion of the strip. We are going to do it in three months. And then we're going to build three bridges and two tunnels. And you're like, what? This is why we need you in charge of city planning and infrastructure. Oh, F1 you, needs to be in charge of it. Well, well the way F1 well, did Well, you it, need to be the ambassador, right? F1's, um, F1's not going to well, come and yell at the public. but I'm you sure will. state, city, and uh, county folks would tell you that, yeah, they're paying for it, though. So they're paying for the acceleration. Oh, so we, we so got the, paid for it with our tax dollars? Well, like, you got to well, you well, draw it out. Sunset's been under construction for like five years. When you first started working, did your dad give you any advice? Sure. Okay, this is gonna make my father sound bad. Okay, what kind? Of, what advice did he give you? Uh, well, from a sales standpoint, um, he gave me good tips in terms of okay. uh, problem solving. Right. Uh, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, things in terms of uh, keeping people at bay, asking what you can do for them, okay. uh, staying relentless, uh, community building. My, essentially. my father gave me much more practical advice <laughs> in terms of blending into the workplace, and I think people are gonna take this the wrong way, but. Now I've seen it, I get it, and I got it back then. I had I had taken a delivery job, which was you know a laborer sort of union, but it wasn't union. And all it was was we were delivering eggs, right, in like 14-foot box trucks and bigger. Okay. You had a route, right? And the route wasn't outrageous. It wasn't, you know— 85 stops in, in eight hours or seven hours. No, I did this. With, it was, I did this with delivering ice in college. It was very summer. manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was mostly guys like your age, my age, a little bit older. And my father was, I don't, I don't think he put it exactly this way. This is the way I took it. He was basically like, just go in and do your job. Don't try to be freaking Johnny hero and finish the route in three hours. <laughs> That's good. And advice. at the time I was like, well, it's kind of stupid. He doesn't want me to work hard. And I would just, don't try to embarrass everyone else. That's good advice. Right? Yeah. This is like just blend in. Yeah. And I just I get the feeling right now that state, city, and county officials are like, <laughs> F1, <laughs> cut the crap, okay? Why are you finishing? But well, they had to, right? Yeah. They have no choice. But yeah. they're kind of showing us like these projects can't get done quickly. My God, there is a project. <laughs> we're we're at Durango and Flamingo. They have had cones and a that's what I'm saying. Gee, damn, you know, merge over thing. And I've, I haven't seen anyone work. I swear to God, it's been a year. There's no rhyme or reason. And every week, I'm like, okay, yeah. 
this is the week I'm going to try it. I almost always try to avoid the route. And then I look up like four lights and I'm like, it's still there. I'm like, they're going to pave the entire, like for, for an F1 track, they're going to pave the entire, whatever, the portion of the strip, Harmon, Koval, behind Sands, and they're going to get it done in three months. What's going on with all these other projects? And we notice cones and barrels. We everywhere. notice these things, you know, yeah. just like we notice on on, on sunset or Why whatever it was so by long? you. There's never, there's not one nair nutta, not a nair nutta person working ever. Yeah. Others, they'll, they'll close. It's like a crapshoot with the lane closures. Here's yeah. one. Here's two. But the worst part about it, back to my original point. There's never anyone working on it. So, yeah, F1 has exposed us in all the best ways. I'm here for it. F1 like, should be everywhere. They're like, uh, we've got uh, we've got these temporary bridges we're going to build. Uh, we're going to get those done in four weeks. Yeah, watch four this. Four weeks? Yeah. And don't say the money because we have so much money. We spend so much money on everything. I think it is the money. I think they've they, they've just accelerated yeah. by paying like ten. No, you're right because we're broke. You know but we're broke just, as as taxpayers in Las Vegas. Oh. We can't get anything done. Guess, guess yeah, we, we don't we don't we don't have any money. In guess Las who's going to be paying part of the bill because F1 has already said like, oh, we spent eighty. We'd like forty from you. I'm like, wait, what? Forty million? Would, would, can yeah, they just yeah, can yeah. they take all, care of all our infrastructure? Can they do I, public schools? Does F1 do schools? I don't know. Clark but, uh, County I'm, could use that. I'm excited to see them get involved in more of our uh, traffic plans. <laughs> I know, I know more, that area. I know F1 that area right everything. now is a living hell. Oh, it's a nightmare. Um, but yeah, they're gonna build tunnels. They're gonna they're gonna build some bridges hey. down at Coval and Flamingo, and then a couple in the Harmon area, and then that uh, what is it? Audrey is a street yeah. that kind of goes yeah. behind the one behind Coval, yeah. Paris, yeah. Well, it's actually in front of it, so front, it's yeah. it's uh, Paris back to the MGM. So they're gonna build bridges there. They're gonna have two tunnels. One is supposed to go from somewhere on Harmon. Like I, I don't think it's gonna go all the way back to maybe we'll. Uh, Virgin, and then there's another one that's supposed to go underneath this paddock from, I think, Harmon to Ellis Island. Give me F1 over Elon Musk any day. If anyone's building tunnels in this city, I want it to be those crazy Euros with their maps and all that stuff over know, the, man. well, whatever Elon Musk I don't Musk know what's is. going on with Elon's 54 stops <laughs> and his six-person cars taking us. So that's supposed to move 90,000 people a day. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't know what's yeah. happening. I don't. I don't trust anything that guy says. I don't. So we got the match coming to town. Yes. So we got Mahomes, Kelsey against Steph and Clay Thompson. We were just talking last hour about the Warriors and potentially bringing back Draymond Green and mixing him with CP3. That's going to be fascinating. You got all these great trash talkers, especially Kelsey. I think he'll be involved. I think, I think Patrick Mahomes will show his chops. Mahomes is more of a trash talker on the field, and like, it's pretty epic. Like we were talking about with Steph. Yeah. He, he, he fires back with his play. You know, well, how about, some how about, of the passes the way, he throws. Is how, that not trash talking? Oh, Those yeah. sidearms under yep. dips? Like, that's the most disrespectful. That's way worse than sitting there calling me a name or talking about right. my family or whatever. You get off some of the passes that Pat Mahomes has gotten on DBs? Come on. How about the similarities with uh, Steph and his background with his dad and Patrick Mahomes and his dad who played Major League Baseball? There you go. Kind of that same thing. Like, I don't need to be – Talking trash all the time on the mics, but yeah. I'll do it on the field. Yeah. Watch, watch this. Yeah, yeah. You saw Netflix has a documentary coming out called Quarterback. Oh uh, yeah, so the, they, uh, they followed. In, is it in season that they're doing it? Or I, it's, I think it's. I think they did it. They already did it. Okay. I think. Yeah. So it's Kirk Cousins, uh, Mariota, yeah. and then Mahomes, yeah. which I think will be super fascinating. Mahomes is one of those guys that's really tough for me because right. I don't like the Chiefs. I don't like the Chiefs fans, especially. <laughs> The orbit of Pat Mahomes' family is questionable. Yeah, I guess. I guess you know he. Those are good buffers. You can dislike. Yeah, the but, two jabronis yeah, around him. Yeah, it's like the Draymond effect, right? You send out the Draymonds to take all the heat, and you just get to sit there and win. I want to not like Mahomes. Yeah. Maybe I need to tune into the golf. 
Find a reason. And if he's a jerk, find like, a reason yeah, for that. I spite. knew he has yeah. it in him. Yeah. But it, it was interesting. Last week, he's so good. We had on Lee Steinberg. That's why it's hard to get mad God, at him. He's so good, though. Because he, he's, he's like, he's this quiet dude okay. in general. He's super intense. But on the field, he, he, you see him do it all the time. He's like, this is my, okay. this is my space. Here you go. You hated Brady. Oh, right? it's totally so, different. So, okay, how? Right? Both, totally both generational best of their era by far, right? Yeah. In Brady's case, arguably the greatest player to ever you know, touch pigskin, yeah. right? You hated him. Mm. It was very easy for you to hate Brady. I hated Brady. Belichick more. Okay. That's the, that's the thing. So like it was Andy more Reed, a Belichick. And a, it was more a Belichick, Patriots, and Patriots fan thing. Yeah. It's but, also a but, New York-Boston thing. Yeah. yeah. Mahomes is tough. Lee Steinberg was on with us last week, his agent. And I was asking Lee about Mahomes and about doing that quarterback show. And I said, you know, as an agency, will Mahomes come to you and go, hey, this show is going to be good for my brand? Normally he'd look at that, but he'd also say, is this going to be good for the world? And uh, in other words, is this going to be something that helps pro football? And he's very shrewd about using his time wisely. Can that be true? That Mahomes judges things and is like, is my participation going to be good for the world and good for football? Okay, then I'm in. It's like, a, what? It's Maybe, a self, is that, it's a, is that a reason to dislike him? Every kind you're of like, right. Like, like, yeah. Yes, Pat Mahomes, the, the, the multi-billion dollar entity that is the NFL really needs the behind-the-scenes look at you and Brittany's, you know, Saturday night. I mean... I mean, listen, man. You're really start. You're struggling here. You're searching. You're trying to find well, anything you wanna, to hate this guy. When you're jealous, yeah. And there's dominant franchises in any sport. You want to find an enemy, and you want to amp it up even more. You know, hey, I'm not just jealous of the winning. I don't like that guy. Yeah, I'll tell you another factor for me in terms of my non-Mahomes hate because I'm very much in the camp of wow, this guy's amazing, and you know, he's in big games. I tend to bet on him. Uh, I tend to. I did the same thing with Brady. Until so you give me a reason not to ride with him, I'm going to 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 make money on him. I think a thing with Mahomes that really helps in his favor is the Chiefs were so bad for so long. You go Len Dawson all the way to. I mean, there was a brief respite there, and obviously Priest Holmes and what he was able to do. But for the majority of my life, the Chiefs were, you know, a doorstop, a laughing stock. They were really not relevant to the 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 larger scope of the NFL and now they are the it team. Right. I think it gives you hope <laughs> as a fan like a, Does it? Uh, for me as a Bears fan and Justin Fields and I haven't seen like the maybe Super Bowl you're in my get life. Your yes. Mahomes? Yes. All, all I need maybe is maybe Justin all Fields I need is, is my, is my yes. Okay. Maybe Justin Fields is my Mahomes, right? Like so don't hate too hard on that franchise because I see a lot of the Bears and what Kansas City used to be for the last 30 40 years. Are we ever going to hate Victor Webanyama? No, it's impossible. Are you sure? Oh, he's such a – What if he's like – what if he's winning a bunch of titles, he's like 33 points a game, 15 rebounds, 58% from three, and he's seven foot five playing small forward. Yeah, I mean, isn't that, isn't that would, like very hateable? It would have to take like a complete personality shift because – every thing. Because and everything. that's the thing. Uh, so I, I'll, give you a, I'll give you an example. I remember uh, interviewing – you know Amanda Nunes, the Lioness, the UFC champion, just recently retired, greatest female fighter to ever live. I remember talking to her before the Ronda Rousey fight. Just asking her like, you know, are because McGregor was coming up and he was throwing dollies through windows, whatever the timeline was at that point. But there was a lot of money coming into the sport and Ronda. It was really popular. I was like, "What do you, when you beat Ronda, like, 
are you going to change as a person? You're just going to get a Lambo and start chucking bricks of cash out the window? And she gave me a really great answer. She was like, I don't know. We'll see. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she was open to the idea that she was going to give $50 million and completely change. Maybe Wemby's in the same category. You know what I mean? We just got to wait and see. There's a refreshing deal about him right now. Yeah, he's great. Like, I think he's really enjoying coming to the United States. I think he's also – he's been so big uh, on the European circuit for a couple of years and, you know, kind of coddled as the next guy – that I think he's looking at the United States, and he's and he's been here. It's of not course. like he hasn't been here. He was yeah, here in Vegas. He yeah. played a game, a couple of games, uh, over in Henderson. But I like him. I like him. Yeah, you know, he too. made the and, and maybe maybe he's playing us. Maybe he's that he's that wise, that savvy. <laughs> I mean, he might be. Um, Is that you know, like <laughs> last week, it was like, hey, what you know, what's one of the first things you want to do in San Antonio? He's like. I want to find the best breakfast tacos. Liar. And, and everyone was like, <laughs> yeah, he's a regular guy like us. Like there's a relatability to a guy who's seven foot five. But maybe there will be. Maybe there will be. He, uh, he already said what? We know he's going to try to play in the summer league. Yep. My guess is his action will be limited to maybe one or two appearances, but he wants to do that. Boy, this is a way to win over. I don't, although I don't know uh, if he can, I don't know if he can win gray, over all the graybeards. Well, I don't know if he, I don't. I don't think those people can be won over because yeah. I think there's a lot more you know deep seated stuff when they talk about That's load right. management. Yeah. But he could satisfy them with this one. He said he wants to play all 82. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In a recent interview, he came out and said that was his goal for this season. Wemby said that he wants to play all 82 games, and it's not just him, right? I feel like the last couple of years, there's been some of the younger players. I remember this season that came out and said, you know, load management's a crock. Yeah. I don't have a lot of interest in it. We're paid to play. Um, and and, it's, and it, honestly, it's refreshing to see. I listen. I'm not. I'm not necessarily in the camp of load management. Well, well, is this you know horrible? I, right, like I understand right. to an extent the need for it but i also grew up you know watching jordan i saw him play live three times including an exhibition in seattle yeah. against the supersonics in notre dame in 1997 um and he played it was he, he i believe he got the game winner and he played something like 38 minutes in an right. exhibition game he had like 32 that's, points that's for the fans right it's for and the maybe fans not, maybe the fans aren't that much of a concern anymore well, for a lot of players so and I, by the way anthony edwards was the guy yes on minnesota who's yeah. like yeah this is a crock i actually i took up for the older players a little bit because one, I was, I kind of went back to that story with my father, where he's like, "Don't go in there yeah. and try to make everyone look bad by outworking them." And I'm sure Anthony Edwards probably had a couple of vets go, "Hey, bro, you're like, you're 22. Watch what your body feels like when it's 33. Shut right. the hell up." Yeah. And, uh, and, but I do understand it from Anthony Edwards' standpoint that when you when you're young, you're just like, "Hey, man, I grew up. I wanted to play ball all the time, so I'm going to play every freaking single game." It just Priorities change for certain people, and as they age, th- things get different. And that's the essentially the grain of salt that you have to take and approach it with, right? You have to understand that each situation is unique to the individual. But I'm be lying if I said that I didn't love hearing the next generation talk like this, right? Because I think it's it also good for their psyche. Old guy, millennial. No, no, no. It's good for their psyche though, too, right? Like not even having the idea of load management. You're untouchable. You're unbreakable. Right, you can't be hurt. You don't need load management. You don't need to rest your tendons and your ligaments. You don't get tired. I'm unstoppable. I'm 23, and I'm gonna run you over. LeBron, who's LeBron? Like I love that type of like that mentality. I think it's important to have. And if you're a 22 year old coming into the league with load management as part of your lexicon, you are starting a leg behind. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. 
So we were just talking about, I, on this show, hard to believe, the good guys in sports and guys that I want to dislike, but I can't, right? They seem like good guys. Uh, we don't know the whole story about everyone, but, uh, you know, Mahomes, hard to really dislike. Most people say that about Curry. He kind of drives me nuts, Steph Curry. Um, and I'm really curious to see how the career of uh, Victor Webanyama rolls out there. And I was saying earlier, there's an innocence about the guy. He's a very young guy. Um, hasn't had to deal with the... American media, yeah. not that the not that the sports media in Europe is any less forgiving. They can the soccer, especially, can be really mean. And you wonder if you know guys change. I, I don't know what happened to Kevin Durant over the years because he's turned into he's like he's really weird, really weird. And and at times you're like, is he happy? You know, making all this money <laughs> and, and, and playing sports. And we were just saying Wemby threw something out about playing 82 games, right? And you know, a lot of people are looking at him like, oh man, that guy's gonna have to load manage. He's yeah. you know seven foot five and 100 pounds. Uh, he's going to have to protect himself until he fills out his frame. But he says, hey, I want to play all the games. He also put out – what was this, his all-time team? Yeah, essentially. Oh, this will get Greybeard's fi- – well, yeah. no, not completely. Yeah, this was a top five to save the planet, right? So, I, oh, guess we're no. going, I guess we're going like Space Jam. Okay. Right? Like, okay. what's the what's the one through five yeah. that you're bringing to save uh, our planet from destruction? It, Steve, it is a great list. He starts at number one with Chef Curry. Going right off the top, Chef's cooking. Number two – I mean, I don't think there's a question when you pick a two. Like, you, you go with Michael Jordan, and right. he does. I think, I think the three is going to be perfect. a real issue for, really? the, for the gray beards. Really? Yes. He's the, the greatest player in the, to ever live is Michael Jordan. The second greatest is three, mm-hmm. LeBron James. People don't like LeBron James. Well, a lot of the, the gray beards don't like well, LeBron again, James. Well, again, hey, hey, the world is at stake here. Right, I think mm. even those people, if we, were, if we were facing an alien invasion, even they would you, be like, yeah. "Well, yeah, well, we kind of need LeBron. LeBron is pretty good, right?" And you then know. number four, I, I would pick Larry Bird, but man, his back in a <laughs> real battle might not be trustworthy. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm saying uh, for I'm, the gray beards, I, I would do that. But so, all right, Steph, MJ, yeah. LBJ, these are the, uh, That's the five pl- five man team for Wemby, and then who? Then Tim Duncan, okay, the big fundamental at four, and Shaq at five to uh, bring the physicality. I just don't see how anyone would beat that team in any era. I mean, that's like the perfect team. I can't do this. Hey, listen. I can't do you this. You know, every year they bring yeah, in those rookies, right? I start thinking you know, no, 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 about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it, though. Can't every year they do NBA those debate. those rookie things, like with the NFL players, the NBA, yeah. whoever, and they're like, hey, name this Tupac song or name this. And like, I I don't know when this album came out. I didn't even know that was a person. I remember when. Uh, 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 McCartney played the Super Bowl a few years ago. There was a litany of Twitter threads. Were like, "Oh, is that the guy on the Kanye track?" Like that man is a Beatle, and be- there were people that only knew him because he did a Kanye track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, track, uh, in terms of like the next generation, I feel like, and I'm not like old man shaking my no, fist at the it, side. I'm do not. It. You got to back. I'm just saying. You back, you back Gen Z up a lot, lot early in the show. You need to whack them around a little bit. A lot of them don't know about what came before them, and that list clearly. Come on, Wemby hitting you with Steph, MJ, LeBron, Timmy, and Shaq. Let's go, Graybeards. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to LVSportsNetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, 5 o'clock hour is here. We're at the halfway point as we get ready for an Aces game tonight. 39-1. and 39-1. and one. That's the goal. Anything less anything less than 35-5, and five, I'm going to be disappointed. This team is so dominant. It's a winner's Willie mentality. has been very harsh on them. We're going to get to the Aces in a couple of minutes. William, how are you? 
Good afternoon, gentlemen. I just gave a deep sigh. I don't know why I did that. I actually, McKinnell asked me during the break if I was okay because I just stood off to the side oh, and took on. a deep sigh. Sometimes on, I just sigh. I'm, I'm getting old. I just make noises. I just make noises. I've I just sigh. You, I've known you. 13, no, there's nothing wrong. I've known you 13 It's been wonderful. Years. I think it's, this is you no, all the time. It's been every, wonderful. Every, every era of yeah. Steve Cofield. Like you asked three times today, you're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> Willie, are you okay? Because I know you had a big workout today. Um, I actually, I enjoyed Ari asking you off the air, how are the arms after arm yeah. day? And your answer was? Feeling strong. Yep. Feeling strong. Damn right, Willie. That's all you need, is. right? Feeling strong. Let's I, go. I, I've actually been looking forward to this spot since the announcement of the return of Big Mac because I see that you're starting to classy up the show a little bit. Pops. Yeah, I don't know about that, but, uh, but trust me, for as excited as you, as you were to uh, be able to chat, I was even more excited to get to hang out for three hours. And, hey, Willie, we got a new studio. I walked in. I couldn't believe my eyes. How pretty. Yeah. How amazing. Yeah. How professional. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a difference a bit of a change yeah. with you aboard. Took my breath away. Yeah, there's a little more. Uh, well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, you guys are all good. Well, it's not um, that there's a little more. <laughs> there's a little less judgmental, a little less condescending. Oh, is that right? Oh, I feel like this is a dig it out. Are you? Are I, you? I fully approve. Of are that you really getting on yourself that much, William? Okay. No, you were talking about me, maybe. Or no, maybe he's talking I, about Adam. He's talking about Adam. He's absolutely talking about Adam. Is like, that is that right? On. Is that right? Could be Adam, could okay. be JVT, could the, be the Ooh. both of them. It could be could the be three everybody. of us. Could be the Just both of them. Just throwing out all the smoke, Willie, right, well, on Monday. Uh, Mr. Hill is not here to defend himself, so let's talk about another Mr. Hill, Aiden Hill. All right, are you surprised by this report yesterday that Aiden Hill could stay around? Uh, it would be a two-year deal, but it would be for really good money. Uh, I know last week yep. you said, hey, you want him around, and then LT would go. So what do you think of this first story that's out that Aiden Hill could be in the fold for two years and a combined $9.8 million? Uh, it, the the number is a little shocking because that's what I thought that he might get offered elsewhere. Right. And I had been saying team-friendly deal, so I thought maybe he would, you know, I thought that the Golden Knights may offer him three, three and a half for maybe two or three years. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a little surprising. But what it, what it tells me is that they are definitely, without a doubt, trying to better deal or move on from Robin Leonard because – Instead of paying him $5 million, they're going to pay their Stanley Cup winning goaltender $5 million. And then, um, in my opinion, keep Laurent Bressois and then move on from LT, as I said last week. Um, I think that Logan Thompson, I was listening to you guys earlier. And, yeah, uh, this is – this is, we're, you know, definitely seeing the day and age of, of the NHL where it's a shared net, you know, where one goaltender probably plays 60 to 65% of the – of the season and the other one, but there's still the, the mindset of being a backup. There's still the mindset of being able to, you know, to be called the number one and being capable of being the guy that plays 50 games while the other one plays 32. And I don't think that Logan Thompson wants it or deserves it. So I think that what it, it's, it's a couple of things. I think that it's telling us who their number one goaltender, who they plan on making their number one goaltender next season is. I think it's telling us that Robin Leonard is pretty much done because that's where the $5 million's going. It's going between the pipes with Aiden Hill. They're not going to pay $10 million to do goal, to two goaltenders. And, and, and I just don't – I know Robin Leonard for a fact from some sources within the organization. He wants to play next year. Like he fully believes he still has life left in his career. And if he does, mm. that's great. And if he actually does have life in it, God bless the dude because what he's gone through between his mental health, bipolar, a couple of hip surgeries, shoulder surgery, whatever the case is, this dude's been through it all, not to mention all of his off-ice issues – 
So if he can pull it off, hey, great. I just don't the golden. I just don't think the Golden Knights want that baggage with them. So at five million a year, uh, obviously for Aiden Hill, that basically that's the sixty-five percent, right? That number signals to me that that uh, they've got their future pretty short up in that regard. So we jump back to Robin Leonard. What's the market there? What can they expect to get? And, and Willie, how much of that you know salary are they going to have to eat? I here's the thing. I'm wondering if there's going to be. A, a situation out there where you have a young goaltender that needs a mentor, right? Sure. That needs someone. And, and then the golden Knights maybe agreed to, to, to take on half of that salary. Um, and then you, depending on what they're going to pay Laurent Brassois, you know what I mean? So if, if that's the route that they go in terms of keeping LB over LT, um, I, I do think that they're probably going to have to retain some of the salary. The other option is, which I believe the rules are, they have to clear. They have to clear their final roster before they can put him on LTIR. Like they can't put him on LTIR once free agency begins. Once they start, you know, because don't forget we are right around the corner from development camp and then training camp. It's just that the Golden Knights just happened to make it to the Stanley Cup final and win it. So the season just ended for them. Last year we were two and a half months into the end of their season, so we were ta- already t- you know hyped up. Here we're just catching our breath from the end of the season. We're talking about next season. I mean, the VGK cast between the on ice, the guard, the night guard that sweeps the ice and the the Vivas, they're already doing tryouts. That's how close they are. So with with Leonard, they have to clear all their roster spots and that salary before they can even put them on LTIR. They cannot use LTIR to get under the cap before finalizing the roster. If my if my if, if that's. If I believe if I understand the rules correctly. So if they were to keep him, they'd still have to become compliant and then LTIR him. And then they don't have to worry about a thing. And they just, you know, but they can't keep him up. The problem then is they're not keeping him off the books. They still got to pay him. Aiden Hill, maybe staying in Vegas. It seemed like a long shot. We talked about it last week that maybe he's getting a four or five year deal somewhere else for like five million a year and that the Knights couldn't do that and also keep guys like Barbie. But maybe they found a middle ground here two years at $4.9 million a year, and I would assume they would keep Logan Thompson around, although by Willie's prediction last week, saying that LT has some trade value, so maybe you move him at a very low salary. We'll see how this plays out. But big news if it's true that Aiden Hill could be close to a deal. Did you see your guy Danny Webster with the quote from Bruce Cassidy, quote uh, on this um, on the offseason moves? Cassidy said, quote, Krim will ask, that's Kelly McCrimmon, Krim will ask my uh, opinion, I'll give it, and then I'm going golfing. It's up to him to, uh, to decide who he'll fill the roster with. Do you think, how do you read that? Does that sound like Cassidy has almost no input, or, hey, he gives his opinion, no. and then he's, then he's not heavily involved in debating and fighting management? That's, that was said at the, the, the press conference that we were all at. That wasn't just to Danny. Danny's kind of – he's got all of his transcriptions and obviously with, with free agency coming up and everything. So he's just getting some quotes out there. That was at the final day, and he said it matter-of-factly. Someone just asked him how much input do you have, and he just said, Kremel asked for my opinion, just exactly how it was. There was no tone to it. There was no animosity. There's no – you know, he'll get his opinion, and then I'm going golfing because basically, like I just said – these guys got to be back here for development camp soon. They got to be back here for training camp. So get my opinion. Here's what I think. And I'm going golfing. It's a, basically he's fine with, uh, with it being up to them, especially with the goaltenders where there's really only been one guy that's led this team. That's had an, a direct input with the goaltenders. And that's Peter DeBoer. When Gerard Gallant was here, 
um, he left it up to, and I can't think of his name right now, and I don't know why, because he was the nicest guy, and we had the greatest story about him dipping food into the uh, cheese dip up on the press row, and I can't think of who it was, that goalie coach. Peter DeBoer wanted input on his goaltenders, and and now Bruce Cassidy, he's he's got his guy with Sean Burke, so he's he's fine with it. Hey, get my opinion. I'll tell you who I want with goalies. I'll tell you who I want with this, with this, with this, whoever the pending free agents, and then – He's fine with it. He's right. Let's face it. Bruce Cassidy walked into this situation in his first year, and they said, "Here's the deck. We're we're giving you the full deck. Here's what you're going to deal with. Go out and win." And he did. You think he's really going to care about what? The, I mean, let me rephrase that. You think he's really going to sort of be up in arms about saying, "No, no, no. I want more of an input." They had all the input on this roster, and they won the Stanley Cup. I think he's fine with the decision they're going to make. Willie Ramirez on Cofield and Company. Uh, Ron McKinnell's here helping out as a company today. All right. Do you have anything else on this goalie situation, Ryan? Or can I move on to Mark Well, Stone? I'm curious from this standpoint, just your read on Willie, just a personal sort of opinion on the way the Vegas Golden Knights are constructed. I have saw it happen with my Blackhawks for their three championships in the 2010s. Uh, their kind of ability to, yes, they had Corey Crawford, the Ed Niemi in the first one, but I always felt like the Blackhawks were constructed in a way that, i got to be honest, I really didn't care about goaltending. And I know that goes pretty much against everything in playoff hockey because a hot goaltender or just solid goaltending in general can take you to amazing places, but – the Golden Knights, as we've seen throughout not just this year, but the entirety of their six years, are such a deep team centered around not particularly one star or one flashy score. It is depth through four lines. It is team play at the highest level. And it's a really def solid defensive team as well. So we're, when we sit here talking about goalies, I'm not really of the opinion to where I care much about who's going to be in net for the Golden Knights next year because I have utter confidence in the completeness of the team they've put on the ice. What are your feelings on that? How about this? The NHL goaltender is now the NFL running back. Uh, I, I kind of like that. Really? Replaceable. Think about it. We're sitting here in Las Vegas talking yeah. about – when is Josh Jacobs going to get his contract? Well, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Super Bowl running backs over the last X amount of years, yeah. the average salary is about $900,000 for the winning running back. Do we really need to pay high price and bring in the star studded? Does it need to be someone who's a Vesna candidate? These guys just went through, yep. forget the Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin Leonard uh, controversy and soared through the back. Forget about all the BS that they went through. These guys just went through a, freaking season with logan thompson who this is and this is no disregard to any of these guys but right, logan no, thompson course. who was having an all-star season yep. gets injured aiden hill who was in a sense looked like he was going to become a journey a career journeyman robin leonard who never got to play because of his injuries and he was supposed to be the number one coming in uh yuri patera coming up from the silver knights and jonathan quick who nobody believed in and yet they they needed him on the roster as an emergency and really didn't put up impressive numbers. I was one of the ones that said, hey, if he's put to the test, the guy's got at least got championship experience. Bottom line is they went through five goaltenders and won the Stanley Cup. So price tags, yeah, Aiden Hill's getting it. But the fact of the matter is they're just not it, – it, I, I firmly am starting to believe that. And here's the thing. Don't forget, yes, Darcy Kemper was in net for the Avalanche. Yes, 
uh, Andre Vasilevsky back to back. Sure. But if you go back prior to that, the average salary for a goaltender previously from I think I, I did the numbers last week. Um, I was on early on the press box and I ran the numbers. I want to say it was like the previous seven years. It was like two point one million. So it wasn't a lot of money considered, but when you base on what these guys have had to pay leading up to this past year. Mm -hmm. um, So I kind of liken it to the NFL running back. Okay, so then you hate this move of Aiden Hill at $4.9 million a year. You hate it. No, I don't hate the move. What do you mean? He's making $4.9 a year. Go with the cheapest options. Keep uh, Logan Thompson around and have Johnny Quick back him up or spend a little money on Brassois. Well, no, because you got to have talent. Number one, number two. How do you turn your back on a guy who won you the Stanley Cup? And almost won the no, Con. No, 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 and no, almost this, won the this, Con Smythe. It's it's George McPhee. None of that can be considered. He's an emotionless <laughs> no, beast. No, no emotion here. There's no. There yeah, is no. You're, hey, it's true. It's that, true. And that's yeah. Adam and I. Adam Hill and I talked about this last week. If any guy is going to take the brunt of abuse from a Stanley Cup winning audience of fans who will flip the freak out. If they don't spend on Aiden Hill, it's going to be George McPhee because he believes in what he believes in, Willie. So then why shouldn't right. they go bargain basement then if it's like the running but back he's in also, the NFL? Willie, he's also proven that, like, I think back to the Ryan Reeves deal right now. I thought it was like 2.1, but we all agreed it was more than he should have gotten. But there was a little emotion right. behind that, right? There was a little emotion behind Flurry at, what, 7.5 or whatever it was. This is a guy who almost won a Sakan Smythe or almost won. Right, he did win a Stanley to- Cup, but almost won a Con Smythe in the process, No, Willie. but listen to what you're saying. Steve, listen to exactly what you're saying. If there's any guy that'll move away, yeah, take out the emotional part of it about t- catching heat. He he also reacted after Mark Andre Fleury took the team to the Stanley Cup and lost to the Washington Capitals and paid him seven million a year. He also moved on to Mark Andre Fleury from an out of shape um, goaltender who ended up not being the answer, paying him five million dollars a year. The guy that just won it for him definitely deserves four point nine million or whatever he can get. So there, you could you could talk about taking emotion out of it and taking the brunt of the heat from the fans. Yes, he did that by trading Mark Andre Fleury away and other fan favorites, but he did it after paying them astronomical numbers. Willie Ramirez with us covers the Aces, covers VGK, is part of the company, covers everything. All right, so Aces tonight. Aces tonight. Who are the Fever? The Indiana Fever are, without a doubt, the most improved team in the WNBA. There are other teams that have gotten better, like the Atlanta Dream, teams that didn't expect to be where anywhere. But the Indiana Fever had five wins last year. They're five and eight right now. Okay, they played one of the hardest schedules in the league. They've already faced like the Aces, the Sun, the Mystics, the top, the teams with winning records. There's four teams with winning records. There's another team at 500. Um, and, and the Dallas Wings have been teetering on 500 back and forth, one game over, 500, one game under. The Indiana Fever with Aaliyah Boston, who without a doubt is the front runner for Rookie of the Year. She just got voted uh, an all-star starter as a rookie. This team is as dangerous as anyone else in the bottom tier. So top tier being the top six, bottom tier being the bottom. Indiana Fever might be the most dangerous team based on the talent that they have because they have – they have women that played last year and suffered through it. Now you add Aaliyah Boston. Players like Lexi Hull, who won a national championship with Stanford and was the defensive player of the year with the Athletes Unlimited. Players like Kelsey Mitchell, who can be deadly from three-point range. And as I said, players like um, 
Aaliyah Boston. But up and down this roster, they have enough experience in terms of with one another, the cohesiveness. I talked to the PR guy the, the, after their first meeting the other night. This year, they're just going to be a thorn in somebody's side. They could possibly be a first-round um, you know, danger to somebody, a higher seed if they get on a nice little run. But with another right draft pick and a couple of moves, and hey, trade deadline moves, you don't know. This team is going to be one of the funnest teams to watch over the next couple of years, and it's been fueled by Aaliyah Boston. She showed no fear the other night against Asia Wilson, and both are South Carolina uh, products, by the way. Her footwork is unreal, and I just had a great time covering them. I'm not going to go down there tonight. I got somebody else down there covering it because I'm actually working on a story from the fever for an, uh, an outside outlet that um, asked me to do something on Lexi Hull. So I'll watch the game from here and knock that story out. But what a great team. Um, do I think that they're going to beat the Aces tonight? No. but um, And I think it's good that the Aces don't play again until Thursday because they do play the Liberty. So it takes the look-ahead factor out of it. But I'm interested to see what the Aces do their next two games against upper-crust teams in the league. Connecticut Sun, New York Liberty. They've yet to play the Washington Mystics. So what they have played is the bottom half of this league, and they've beaten them the way that they're supposed to beat them. So I'll give them that. But I want to see what happens. The one team, the the one loss has come against a winning team, Connecticut Sun. Right. Um, didn't like the fact that Connecticut Sun lost Brianna Jones. Well, that's what I was just going to um, jump in. And are yeah. they are they upper crust anymore? They just lost their center, who's sixteen and eight. She went down with an Achilles. So are the Sun cooked? No, because she's the she, last year she was the sixth woman of the year. With John Quill Jones going to New York, she steps in as a starter. Um, they have enough experience and veteranism on that team, led by Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas, and then they have Dejanae Carrington coming off the bench. They just they have a nice unit. The only thing they don't have realistically is Kurt Miller, the coach of that team, who's now with the Sparks. If they make a trade deadline move, it could save what they had going in the first half. They need to find an answer with losing Brianna Jones to her, uh, to Taryn and Achilles and she's out for the season. Um, I've heard people say it's still the, the, the class of this league is the aces and the Liberty because they're looking at the odds to win it. Aces are minus 135 at most places to win the WNBA title. I think it's a steal at that number based on how well they're playing, but I just wouldn't count out the sun and the mystics. <clears throat> excuse me, still have Natasha Cloud and Elena Deladon, and we know how dangerous they can be come the postseason. So this weekend is going to be uh, tell us a lot, not necessarily whether they can win or not, but how they win and how Becky Hammond uses her reserves. She's felt comfortable in bringing uh, Alicia Clark, Kirsten Bell, Kayla George, and uh, Kia Stokes off the bench. We've yet to see Raquana Williams, but – can you afford to do that against these better teams as quickly as she's been doing it against the lower tier teams? Willie, wonderful job. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks, Thank Bob. You. There he is. Willie Ramirez. Uh, by the way, the Mercury with uh, Brittany Griner around, not always available, and uh, their veteran, one of my favorite players. I actually should really like their best player. Cause she's she's very uh, she's very angry.
You're not familiar with all the rosters, are you? Are you We're going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna... uh, I was listening to Diana, Willie go in depth on like the six. I'm like, good. I was waiting for you to jump go, in. Willie. Diana, yeah. Diana Tarasi. Diana Tarasi, yeah, UConn. She's, yeah. she's 40. I, was, I, w- and, I had a feeling that's and, who you're referencing, yeah. well, but she, I wasn't sure where she, she broke a door a couple years ago and then uh, – you know, wouldn't show up for the the press conference oh, and all man. that. She was kind of a baby about the whole thing. But uh, they gave her one more year, and so far it hasn't worked out. So their coach fired Nygaard out after 12 games with a 2-10 and 10 start. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Ari Produces. Or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. or at ESPN Las Vegas. Asked me to do something on Lexi Hull. So I'll watch the game from here and knock that story out. But what a great team. Um, do I think that they're going to beat the Aces tonight? No. But um, – and I think it's good that the Aces don't play again until Thursday because they do play the Liberty. So it takes the look-ahead factor out of it. But I'm interested to see what the Aces do their next two games against upper-crust teams in the league. Connecticut Sun, New York Liberty. They've yet to play the Washington Mystics. So what they have played – is the bottom half of this league, and they've beaten them the way that they're supposed to beat them. So I'll give them that. But I want to see what happens. The one team, the the one loss has come against a winning team, Connecticut Sun. Right. Um, didn't like the fact that Connecticut Sun lost Brianna Jones. Well, that's what I was just going to um, jump in. And are yeah. they are they upper crust anymore? They just lost their center, who's sixteen and eight. She went down with an Achilles. So are the Sun cooked? No, because she's the she, last year she was the sixth woman of the year. With John Quill Jones going to New York, she steps in as a starter. Um, they have enough experience and veteranism on that team, led by Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas, and then they have Dejanae Carrington coming off the bench. They just they have a nice unit. The only thing they don't have realistically is Kurt Miller, the coach of that team, who's now with the Sparks. If they make a trade deadline move, it could save what they had going in the first half. They need to find an answer with losing Brianna Jones to her, uh, to Taryn and Achilles and she's out for the season. Um, I've heard people say it's still the, the, the class of this league is the aces and the Liberty because they're looking at the odds to win it. Aces are minus 135 at most places to win the WNBA title. I think it's a steal at that number based on how well they're playing, but I just wouldn't count out the sun and the mystics. <laughs> excuse me, still have Natasha Cloud and Elena Deladon, and we know how dangerous they can be come the postseason. So this weekend is going to be uh, tell us a lot, not necessarily whether they can win or not, but how they win and how Becky Hammond uses her reserves. She's felt comfortable in bringing uh, Alicia Clark, Kirsten Bell, Kayla George, and uh, Kia Stokes off the bench. We've yet to see Raquana Williams, but can you afford to do that against these better teams as quickly as she's been doing it against the lower tier teams? Willie, wonderful job. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks, Thank Bob. You. There Thanks. he is. Willie Ramirez. Uh, by the way, the Mercury with uh, Brittany Griner around, not always available, and uh, their veteran, one of my favorite players, I actually should really like their best player. Because she's she's very uh, she's very angry. You're not familiar with all the rosters, are you? Are you? We're gonna me? come back. <laughs> <laughs> gonna... Uh, I was listening to Diana, Willie go Diana, in depth on like the six. I'm like, good. I was Lord, waiting for let's you to jump go, in, Willie. Diana Diana Taurasi. Diana Taurasi. Yeah, UConn, she's, yeah. She's 40 I was I, w- and, I had a feeling that's and, who you're referencing, yeah. well, but she, I wasn't sure. Where she, she broke a door going. a couple years ago, and then uh, you know wouldn't show up for the the press conference oh, and all man. that. She was kind of a baby about the whole thing, but uh, they gave her one more year, and so far it hasn't worked out. So their coach 
fired Nygaard out after 12 games with a 2-10 and 10 start. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Ari Produces. Or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. or at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Put your hand in there, dude. McKinnell's looking at me like, why are you laughing? I just, you just find something from a content standpoint all the time on social media. The show, we didn't get to half the show today, so uh, all that slow time of year stuff is nonsense. Yeah, uh, we're always- at the end of June, and we got... <laughs> We have a big fight weekend coming up, or actually two weeks from now, but the fights start this weekend around UFC. Maybe we'll get an update tomorrow on Musk and Zuckerberg. Uh, but so much going on in NBA Summer League. But I just saw something very interesting from the radio world. Can you get in the bag again? Stick your hand in there, uh, dude. Someone just sent out a story. I don't even know what the site is. Spotify, SiriusXM, and other podcast companies are now focusing on don't, – don't get yourself in trouble. Are now fo- <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do this. No, do it. Are now focusing on professional audio talent. Shifting from A-list celebrities and big-budget audio narratives. I will have to see it before I believe yeah, it. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> As someone who's not a big name in one of those companies who – shifting I, away from it, I don't believe I've it. I've seen it ever since I've been in the business. Yeah. And I saw it as a kid when you know, WFN was first starting off. The lineup of Sports Talk, and I'm using that very loosely in yeah. quotes, um, Sports Talk host that they – built around at FAN to start the thing in 1987 when they were going to go 24 hours. Because you, you remember, Francesa and Mad Dog weren't there when it first started. It was Jim Lampley. It was Greg Gumbel. Yeah, exactly. And those guys can't do sports talk. I mean, Lampley can talk a lot, but he can't do a sports talk show. And I, I like Greg Gumbel, but he's not a he's not a sports talker. I don't but, find either, either one of them particularly But what's happened yeah. over the years is, and you, you even see it on TV, like ESPN is starting to drop a lot of its athletes. Like, how much bang for your buck are you really getting? And I know, you know, we all – we all – don't fight me on this one. Okay. We all benefit slightly from celebrities and athletes coming in. 100%. And, and raising some attention. But then you start to think, like, is that worth millions of dollars? Because I don't know if you saw this, but ESPN National, it came out last week that Keyshawn, Jay, and Max – are not going to be doing the national morning show anymore. My guess is they're probably going to go to more local talent who've done radio for a longer time, and it's going to be at a tiny portion of the price because it looks like, you know, in the case of uh, Max, he's doing a lot of things. But it looks yeah. like those guys combined were making, like, over $6 million a year or $5.5 million a year to put on a morning show. And I think a lot well, a lot of companies now are looking, they're like, how about we just get – quality people and if we want to mix in bigger names they can be guests and maybe they can sit in here and here and there well it's a shifting landscape too yeah. right like everything's changing what does podcasting mean to radio what does radio mean to podcasting everything you know the, the contracts are massive to your point but i also think it's just a case of you know you, you just can't throw money at a problem and if that problem right. is low viewership right you just can't give any athlete a microphone you know, or, right. or a platform. Some absolutely deserve it. Like, I listen to J.J. Redick, and I'm like, my God, that guy could have been, you know, here and never touched a basketball, and I would have been engaged with everything that he said. And then there's others that, you know, uh, clearly don't do their homework, right, or maybe aren't as engaged or as dedicated as other folks are. You know what I mean? It's uh, For a lot of them, it's an easy payday. Thanks to Willie Ramirez for popping on with us with a little Aces preview, absolutely. some reaction to Aiden Hill, also uh, Sirius XM MMA dude. R.J. Clifford also does the Autumn Windbags. What a great name. 
podcast. Oh, it's a great, it's so creative. That's a great name. I also wanted to thank Stefano's, all the locations in town. We did a big 25th anniversary set of remotes. Steph was out, Chris Fox was out, I was out, and we had listeners stop by, uh, Jeff and Rob and, and Adam came by, James came by, so that's all up on social media. Um, I think we were part of it. They did a two euros for five dollars. They sold out of I, yeah. I missed. They out. sold out of yeah. the euros, and then they were like, you know, we'll give you twenty five percent off. Which the I which I took full advantage yeah, of. So, Steve. Uh, so check them out up on Twitter at Stefano's LV for Ryan. Appreciate it, Ryan. Good hey, job. What a Ferrari. We got Aces basketball coming up here pregame in thirty minutes.